Welcome back to another episode of the Hooper's Almanac. On today's episode, I'll be sharing my updated current top 50 NBA players list. I did this last year um, and it was a great time. Mitch gave me a lot of feedback. We moved some guys around, which we're going to talk about. Um, I've already given Mitch a little preview this year, but there's been quite a bit of movement. Um, I didn't update this during the season with hopes of sort of eliminating overreactions game to game, especially in the playoffs. So We'll see um, if that paid off and see what Mitch's broader thoughts are. Um, took a lot of time into this and really looking forward to sharing that. Um, other than that, we'll have brews and reviews. As always with Mitch, uh, we haven't done that actually in a minute. Just we've been so busy. So honestly, as Mitch said in the last podcast, we were at a wedding two weekends ago, I think now. Mitch was at another one. We're at another one in a few weeks. So lots to catch up on in the personal realm, too. So looking forward to that. Um it's a good episode, so here we go. Before we get going, let's bring in our friends from Green Top. We are back. And finally, Mitch, I get to share my top 50 list. I've been in the lab. You've given me feedback. I've been ranting and stewing and thinking this over, going back random times when I'm on the train, at the gym, walking the dog. Oh, God, where did I put this guy? I'm like listening to our podcast. I'm like remember trying to remember what I thought of this player when I made this list. But I feel pretty good about it now. I feel like it's in a good spot where I can share it with the people. You've already taken a look at it. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts, hopefully collected thoughts. I think last time. Um, I don't know if you got much of a preview look, so hopefully you've had a, a better chance to to think about it. Yeah, I think last time it was, I didn't get any preview. I think you sent it to me 10 minutes before we recorded. So that way I could just have something to look, have it to look at before we started. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, this time I've come not with like, I think I've come with more of a discussion angled side of things. Cause I think I've come not like prepared with any stats because that's your side of that's your expertise. I come with the side of things of uh, just some d- discussions like we did last year, like where, where should this guy actually be and what should he be in this category? So I, I'm excited. Um, I like being surprised, but in the same way, I also like being prepared. Me and you also like to know what's, what's ahead of us a little bit. So um, I'm excited for this discussion. You, you talk about it like I didn't want this to happen. I wanted it to happen. I just wanted to see whether or not guys were getting traded and to figure out if we were going to... Because let's start here. The reason we had we made a top 50 list last year was because we wanted to see how many guys, how many teams had four guys in the top 50. And we had narrowed it down last year. And I think we, had, I think we just might have forced our way into thinking that New Orleans and Cleveland might have had four guys in the top 50. I think we might have forced our way into believing that Jared Allen and Jonas Valanciunas belonged in the top 50. I think we've learned our lesson there. And so this year, it's I think we're learning, okay, it's not how many guys in the top 50. It's how many guys have – how many teams have three guys in the top 50. Because I think we still yeah. even saw the success of those teams last year. And so you're going to – you don't need – four guys in the top 50 to be great. It's how well is those three. And I, there's one team in particular that has three guys in the top 25, which I think is ridiculous, but I'm excited to get into that. Or maybe it's three Ooh. in the top 30, three in the top 30. I think it might've been. 
Interesting. Oh, I, yeah. I think I, I think I know what team you're talking about already because I see your number thirty is, and <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly what it is. Three in the top thirty. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about this list. I'm excited to defend all these um, and talk about them. But just in general, off the top, a reminder for everybody: you know, these rankings are all current players, um, and in general we're not taking into account past performance or past accomplishments. Sure. I mean, some of this, you know, might tell us what we think about a player. Um, but in general, like for LeBron James, for example, you know, he's always the great example to use. It's like, he's probably the greatest player of our generation, certainly possibly the greatest player of all time, but he doesn't scratch even close to the top echelon of my rankings just because of who he is now, what age he is, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so again, taking into who they are now, but also trying to project who they might become in the future. So a little bit of projected rise as well, um, but it does prioritize who they are currently. The other thing, not including rookies in this conversation, we had right. the young course discussion last episode. So hopefully we sort of calmed your appetites there. Sure. Um, I will, we will not be including any discussions about Wimby, Scoot. I would love to put them on this list. would love to talk about them, but we have to wait a year. Again, trying to not be uh, irrational about this stuff. So um, that's another caveat. Um, yeah. And I think we only have one guy from last year's rookie class even in this top 50. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it's just we one. Will get, we, will, we will get to him, and he did win rookie of the year. So I, I think that's... Sort of fitting. Um, sure. sure does. Uh, well, I, I sort of last year, if, if you all listen to this episode, um, we had a lot of fun with some of these names. Uh, one of my favorites will come later on in the podcast, which we sort of birthed together, Mitch. Um, God, on, yeah. On, live on the podcast. And it's just <laughs> my favorite subject. Um, it's not even like close closely uh related to any of the others and that's why i just love it so i know and i i laugh every time i read this list uh, like that's the category <laughs> name <laughs> it's perfect um, oh god but basically you know these are just kind of some weird um weird titles that i i was thinking when i created this last year i think it was like environment outer space that sort of weird like you know worldly stuff so um just bear with me here but hopefully the descriptions end up making a lot of sense so yeah let's just start at the top mitch number you one start in the with, NBA. Do, you want to start with number one and not in the honorable mentions is that what we did last yeah. year I, I i can't remember how we did this last year we're going to start at the top honorable okay, mentions it can be honorably mentioned at the end of this podcast we'll we'll, we'll go that way I so the first section here is a group of five guys tier one I like to call it the solar stars. So everything revolves around the sun. I would say the same is the case for these players, right? They're the number one guys in the team where everything uh, that happens on the court revolves around them. They are the centerpiece, um, passing, scoring, what have you. Um, they are a key cog in that machine. If you take them out, the team falls apart. Um, so number one, I think I couldn't think of a better person to uh, sort of be the spokesperson for this category than Nikola Jokic. It's like sure. the most valuable player um, the last three, four years, in my opinion. Obviously, finals MVP just led his team to a championship. I think it seems like most of the general public and media has come around on him as 
a number one player um, pretty much in consensus. It seems like definitely top three. So that was not the case last year. I think I had him number two last year. So he's moved up one and is officially the number one player in the NBA in my top 50 list. Number two, I'm just going to power through this top five and then we can discuss Mitch. Love it. Number two, Giannis. He was formerly number one. So he's moved down just one slot. Um, that playoff exit, I don't completely put it on him. So that's not necessarily the reason for this. I think it was more so the rise of Jokic. Um, so I will caveat that off the top. Steph, number three, moved up two spots from number five from last year. Joel Embiid somehow fell in the rankings after one MVP, but uh, <laughs> sorry to say it. He's number four in my rankings. And fifth, rounding out the solar stars at this top tier is Luka Doncic, also mm. falling one spot. Again, tough season for Luka, missing the playoffs. But as I said at the top, part of this ranking is projecting future rise. I think Luka's probably you know one of the most promising players we have in the NBA. So... And he's already done incredible things. So um, Luca rounds out at the top five. What do you think about this first category, Mitch? I uh, I don't get the Embiid falling, but, you know, here we are. I and This is coming from the Embiid hater between the two of us. Actually, we're both not like Embiid fans by any means, but I think I hate him more than you do. Um, I feel like that's not going without saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest fan, but um, I wouldn't say I, I hate him. That's fair, and the hate is a strong word. I strongly you dislike see him a lot more. I just I don't like the Philly fans that have been like absolutely ridiculous. Sure, this, I think this is the this right. I think this is the right group of five. I don't think you can debate that, and I don't think that you should take away or lose anyone. I think it's just the Embiid Curry spot between the two of them. But honestly, that. I like that you moved Luca down because honestly, he might have been the fringe. Like, if there was a nice, like, middle ground between this first and second section, I would have put him there. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have found like his own little section because you can call him a solar star. And yet, we have the question of whether or not you can, he should be the guy who has the high usage rate as much as he does. Because look at the success of those teams in the NBA in the, in the NBA of the past twenty years, they're not great. Or in the in the twenty first century, we haven't yeah. had like great success of those dominant like high usage teams, starting with AI and those that Sixers team, all the way to the Harden Rockets teams, and now to the Luka Mavericks teams. I think there's this this I don't know. There's predictability. And yet he is fantastic at the sport. Don't get me wrong. There is just predictability with him. So um, I think this is the five. I think you did well. Uh, I think it would be pretty hard to screw up that five. But I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing we want to notice, four of the five, not American players. I will uh, start mm. there. That's uh, I like that call out. Yeah, welcome that's to the Welcome to the international sport of basketball, which that's what it's become. And I, I love it. I love every second of it. That's a that's a great point. I honestly didn't even realize when I was making this uh, this year or last year. I think I think I capped it at five last year too. Let me just double check here. Oh no, uh, there was one player that fell out of this category from last year. Um, but uh, five of these six guys uh, were were here last year. So um, right. instead of four out of six, uh, it's four out of five this year. The I want to go back to the Curry and Bead thing because it seems like that's maybe the biggest issue you have on this list. My thing the Embiid playoff record at this point. I know he was hobbled 
even when he was on the court and healthy, he just didn't, he didn't look good. It, he just wasn't the same player that he was in the regular season. And I would say the opposite is true for Steph. I mean, 50 point game in game seven when he had no help in Sacramento. Sure. Uh, I mean, Golden State did not have a good regular season by their standards. Um, obviously, th- you're not going to top winning a championship uh, many times uh, that they were coming off when I previously rated him. But I think the individual performances, despite everything that was going on around him, his steadiness, his he's always rising to the occasion. It seems like even though he's getting older, like he's finding ways to improve his game. He's way better in the paint, driving to the rim, just way stronger in that sense. Um, a better defender. He's not easily exposed. Whereas I feel like Embiid in the playoffs, I still don't love how he handles double teams. Um, everybody's going to point to that James Harden pass off the double team from Jalen Brown uh, in the second round. But I think that was an anomaly generally for him. So there are some things about Embiid's game that still frustrate frustrate me as has talented as he is. Um, and I am a little bit worried about the longevity and how long his body's going to hold up. Uh just the weight, the size, his previous entry history. I have concerns about that. Um, so that's part of the calculation here too. That's fair. And like we said, we're not, I don't want us to try to remember last, I mean, past performance, like we had talked about. I think yeah. that's one thing we, I fall guilty to as well. I think you saw, you're, you, I think you just saw how important he was to that team, especially in that net series. Like Embiid, how important he was to that team in the net series, and how like so much focus was on him. And of course, Curry, you're gonna he's gonna garner so much focus because he's the number one shooter of all time. So I think there's that. Plus, I feel like Embiid might have. Ah, no, you're right. It, it might be the injury issues that hurt Embiid in the future between these the, the argument between the two of these and like how long each two of, each of them play. So. I don't know that would be the only issue I have, but other than that, I think it was. I think this is good. I, I not as much of an issue where I'm going to throw a hissy fit about it, but it's still something like that to mention. Yeah, Steph's game is going to age great. I mean, he's not going to be on ball as much, but he's just in great shape. His shooting is going to obviously age with Embiid. I, I have this. I don't. I don't have a similar confidence in that. And. I would push back on the Brooklyn series. I mean, he only played three out of the four games. It was a sweep. He played terrible in game three. Mm-hmm. Um, shot under 15% from three. Only 20 points a game for him, which is pretty low. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I wasn't generally haven't been impressed with his performance in the playoffs in the past. And it's again, we don't want to banter on past performance, but at a certain point, it kind of also impacts who I think that person is at their core, at their identity. So sure. um, I think that's kind of where it came into it for me. Um, so, I think that the other thing you have to think about is the fact that the two guys that he's been paired up his entire career have not been, um, how do I put this? Uh, winners? Uh, yeah. Ben Simmons, ultimate quitter. And then uh, James Harden uh, has quit on now three teams in uh, about over two and a half years. So, um, or is it four teams now? It's four. I uh, know it's three teams. It's three teams. Three teams in two and a half years. So, uh, congratulations. So, I don't want to blame Embiid all eight fully on that. So, um, let's hit the second section. Let's hit the second uh, tier, guys. All right. So, that's tier one. Tier two, tectonic shifters. So, 
tectonic plates mesh, you, you know, you know how they worked and work. Um, moving no, things I really around, don't. right? Science was never they, my thing. <laughs> <laughs> they alter alter the state of the world, right? They they sure continents move around, things move around, whatever. Um, these, in essence, are number one guys who alter or change the direction of your franchise. So, mm-hmm. not necessarily guys where everything will revolve around them uh, with a bullet. You know, absolute massive superstars, but you know, these guys can kind of change where you're headed. So at the top of this list, I'm excited to, to get uh, your feedback here on on somebody who's near and dear to your heart. Number six I have here is Devin Booker, moved up six spots from last year. Jason Tatum, number seven, moving up three spots. Kevin Durant, he was the guy previously in that tier one solar mm-hmm. stars category, bumping down to the second category uh, by two spots. Number nine, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Man, he snuck in last year, Mitch. But uh, yeah, I'm glad. Let's let's, I'm glad let's he bring wasn't back the fact. Let's put it back to the fact that I was the one who put us, him in the rankings. Someone about left him off the rankings, and I was like, "Wait, we're forgetting someone here." <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, he showed a spurts, but he had never really put together a full season. Uh, it felt like for a while. So I just was kind of not really confident in my belief of him, but. I mean, this past year, he was a fringe MVP candidate. So sure. he's vaulted up into the top 10. Um, and again, very much for him uh, thinking about that projected rise, who he's going to be in the next couple of years with that team. Uh, 10, John Morant. 11, Anthony Edwards. Another one of these really young guys who I'm excited about. Um, pretty high on him last year. Even moved him up seven spots. So a pretty big move. And Kawhi Leonard fell to the end of this category at number 12, um, moved uh, five spots downward since last year. So that's that's the second category here, Mitch. Um, initial initial thoughts on it. You're you're wanting me to argue with the Booker Tatum thing, and I'm not going to because I think it's right. Um, Ooh, the- wow. I, I, was, I was gearing up for that. So the only, you know, my I've had this consistent argument for this. Both of them, Booker is the more efficient score between the two of them. However, I trust Tatum to get to the bucket more than I can trust Booker to do it. I think Booker is probably mm. a better shooter. Um, mm. I think Tatum is the infinite better defender. And I think Booker is a great yeah. playmaker. And I think Tatum has grown in that area so much. Um, I think you look at offensive consistency. I think that's really just the difference for me uh, on when it comes to Booker being a little more yep. consistent than... Tatum and I think you know having Chris Paul as like a facilitator for you is always always helps and I think that's what's grown his game a lot um and then having Kevin Durant there at the end of last year and then having Bradley Beal is definitely gonna be a help I then go back to the fact that Tatum outside of the his rookie year and his second year with Kyrie Irving where he really didn't have a guy to like kind of lead the team and or like help him at all it's been him and Jalen Brown and so it's not like they've had a lot of great other options until last year. And I think last year we saw a growth in that area for Tatum. And so mm. um, I'm not arguing it. I love that you have him in front of Durant because, of course, you can't really count on Durant's health anymore. I feel like that's been an issue, um, which I love the SGA jump up 20 spots. Love that. And I love that he's in front of Jaw. Anthony Edwards. um, you know, he doesn't fit in category three, 
and he does yeah. I, I don't know I don't know if I like him as high as he is right now and that's maybe just me um mm. but man that section yeah I, I yeah it's it's just tough for me to move him I I get where you're saying he's the one guy in this group maybe Kawhi Leonard do you have a case for I mean obviously oh Kawhi Leonard be- should not be in this category I want to say that right. right now Kawhi Leonard nice. is my biggest argument in this category he should be behind okay. he should be 17 he should he should be in the next mm-hmm. category and be in the bottom of that next category and I will and we can get there when we get there because I, I don't want to like spoil the next category at all um, but that's just kind of my thought the guy has had has not had any consistency in his in his ability to play the game. I don't I don't know if you can trust if he's going to play more than forty games a year, and yeah. with how, with one injuries and also is just and uh, time and uh, injury management. Um, and I feel like yeah, you're right. You can count on him in playoff games, but then again, how many playoff games am I getting from him each year? So that's right. kind of where I'm at with him. I don't yeah, the order is no issue for me within the tectonic shifters outside of the Kawhi spot being that high. And then, then Anthony Edwards, I get it. I get it. Because he's definitely going to be a number one guy. It's that right now he's got still two or three different my eyes, he's got two two years at yeah. least until he's the holy shit, this guy is going to blow up the league. And so I think that's where I, I get the projection. Mm. I just don't think, I think we're projecting almost too far for him as of right now. That's fair. I think I'm just so excited about him. And I think he potentially like is best player in the NBA level. Like, I think that's his ceiling, Um, to be honest with you. I Whoa. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, I love Anthony Edwards. I know. I think, I think you be, have a Ron Russillo erection with him. He so, could so. be like a stronger Kobe, like who's doesn't seem like he has some issues uh, that Kobe had. So we'll see. He's young. He's very young, but even what he did like in the past couple of playoffs, specifically this past year, uh, rising to the moment when his running mate talk about running mates, Carl Anthony towns does not show up to the occasion. Um, He did every time he was the man I was afraid of terrified in that series, put up huge numbers um, was there played all year. Um, You know, there were even talks about him like not dieting right, like being obsessed with uh, I don't remember what it was, what snack he was, maybe like flaming hot Cheetos or something like that. But like <laughs> how, how he always brags to his teammates about like eating garbage all the time. And like if he kind of figures that sort of minor stuff out, like imagine how good he could could be, too. So um, I don't know. I'm super high on him. Maybe I'm too, you know, premature there, here. But there is that section two below. There's this two the section two below that I think he would be the top in. Like he he fits in that like section with uh, again I'm not trying to I don't want to spoil anything because yeah. I I don't I don't disagree with the fact that he's gonna be a number one guy I just don't I don't want us to look too far forward because we've had the same I think we've had the same issue with like John ja Morant I think we had like I think we we've projected a lot but it took two at least two or three years of like seeing him do it um so i don't know i think yeah and maybe I'm i wrong. guess just maybe seeing I... him next to jaw i was like man i would take anthony in a heartbeat like it, I, I think that kind of threw my through my calculus 
for a loop. That's, I was like, and okay. you know what? I like That's him fair. better. I like him better. I think he's a better player, going to be a better player in two years, you know. But maybe, you know, this year, who is he going to be? My thing was he took a huge jump this year already. Like sure. exactly what I was looking for. All right, you're what what jump are you gonna make after this awesome year where you guys went to the playoffs for the first time in a long time? Um yeah and any consistency and they had a good run, you know, a tough series that they honestly should have won against Memphis had every chance to win. But I mean, his point average went up three efficiency up all across the board. Um, Honestly, you know, was more of a playmaker too at certain times and had to play a lot without cat this year. Cat was hurt for a majority of the season. Um, So he didn't have that option, you know, to say, all right, you know, I can have an off night here, defer to cat for 25 they didn't sure. really have that. And the roster was in flux. They made huge deals. Um, getting rid of Russell, bringing in Conley, uh, you know, Malik Beasley, obviously in the offseason, you had the Rudy Gobert thing, which is not easy to play with him. So I was just really impressed with how he adapted at such a young age while improving himself. So um, I don't uh, know. I think I think if I'm going to die on any hill, it's the fact that Kawhi Leonard should not be in this category. That's where I'll st- that's where I, I think Anthony Edwards can be the bottom of this category and it's, sh- and that's, and that's great, but it should not be Kawhi Leonard anywhere. I don't think Kawhi Leonard should be in this category. So my thing with Kawhi is that I totally get you on the inconsistency in his play and what that means for the future. Like, I don't see that changing anytime soon. This is kind of who he's proven to be over the past five years. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he hasn't played over 60 games since he's been in L.A. Right. It's just when he's played in the playoffs, man. <laughs> Every year he's been absolutely cold when it matters. Like last year against the Suns, they had absolutely nobody um, on their roster. PG was out. Um, I mean, I, I like the role players that they had. I Don't get me wrong. Really, really like all of them. And I think they fit nicely. But in terms of star caliber compared to what Phoenix had, and he just showed up and won that game one on the road. And it's like, all right, he is still this guy when he's here. So it's just tough for me to to, to figure that out. I get that. It's just, you're right. He had a great game one. Where was he the next four games? <laughs> yeah, got hurt. Yeah, so my I point mean, is. He was great, great again in game two, I think. And then he uh, didn't play. He didn't play in the third quarter. He left at the third quarter. And then it was, yeah. it became, it could Russell Westbrook hold on. And so, I don't know. I just, if you're going to have his running mate fall as far as he did, I feel like he should fall just not mm. as far, but I think he should fall still pretty far. That's and a fair than, point. So, that's a fair I mean, point on Paul George. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, I dropped both of them. Let's be clear. Kawhi moved down, moved five spots down. So it's not like I'm, you know. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You had him up in the top seven. You had only you had him at number seven last year. You dropped down to twelve. So I I think you just doubled how far Paul George fell, and he didn't do the same for Kawhi. Yep. Not that I'm asking okay. you to drop him ten spots. I did. I, I think it'd be, <laughs> but I would say you know drop him into this next group, which I would like. I to. think to the next category is fair. Um, yeah. and we can discuss. Uh, let's let's hold on moving him. I have him highlighted here in the document that we can both. Yeah, see. I see that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna un, I'm gonna die on Anthony Edwards Hill. I'm not willing That's to fine. move him. That's fine. Um, but I think you're right on the Kawhi Leonard thing. So let's read this next category and then we can talk about where exactly he should fit in. This third group is called the environmentalists. These are 
Mitch, I think I, you liked this description last year. These are guys who mean well. They're the they're the local guy who goes to Whole Foods. He shops locally, shops organic, recycles the shit out of everything. Um, you know, composts. But and he's doing his best to to do everything he can for the environment. But man, you can't do it alone. You need a collective effort. You need governments, you need companies, you need everybody and their mother to get together and care about it. Um, which I try to convince people to. But you can't do it alone. As as good as as well intentioned as they are, as good as uh, as good as they are at their jobs, um, you cannot do it alone. So, in that spirit, these are number one guys who I think just kind of require at this point at this stage in their career significant help. Maybe there's a lack of consistency in the greatest mm-hmm. moments or during regular season, um, and in general, you know, can't really carry them. So, I'm interested to get to Kawhi in this discussion because I think he is somebody who's proven to carry teams uh in the biggest moments but as as i mentioned consistency isn't there so in this group as it stands now number 13 is jimmy butler led his team inconsistently led his team to the nba finals had a great round one uh a pretty good round two in which he got hurt uh and then was really good after that still uh but after that, you know, it was just inconsistent game to game. It seemed like he ran out of gas. Maybe it was injuries. Who knows? But in general, uh, I think he belongs in this category at the top of it. It's the same place. He was number one in this category last year. But actually, just because certain guys moved up, he ended up dropping two spots. Mm. Um, so that's where he is right now at number 13. 14 is Anthony Davis. I felt really <laughs> sketchy about him last year. This playoff run and the end of the season made me feel a lot better. But in essence, I think he's still kind of this guy. He moved up one spot. His teammate, LeBron James, is behind him now. Dropped mm. six spots down to 15. And then we have Damian Lillard right now closing out this group at number 16. Portland coming off a horrendous season. But Dame coming off of one of his best seasons uh, as a as a member of the Trailblazers statistically. So um, kind of an interesting conundrum there that I kind of went into my rankings too. So um, we talked about Kawhi in here. Do you want to make the case for where Kawhi should be in this class now, or do we want to talk about the other guys in this group first? So I'll say this. We're still not looking at past performance, and you you brought it up right before. Yeah, Kawhi has led teams in the past, but I still think he has had, with since the Clippers, he's had the luxury of having a great bench carry the teams during the regular season when he hasn't played. Mm. so i you're it ties into the inconsistency again and so i would either it's between anthony davis and lebron or it's after lebron i think he Mm. can go in front of dame and so that's where i'm kind of leaning right now i don't think he belongs in front of jimmy because at least jimmy's carried now two teams to the finals with the heat um anthony davis I can't blame him for the fact that he's a center and can't touch, isn't allowed to bring the ball up the court on a LeBron James led team. Otherwise, it would be Anthony Davis bringing the ball up more for that Lakers team. And I think a lot of things would be more run through him. But then again, he's on the same team as LeBron James. So I, uh, I can't uh, blame him for how good he still is on defense. The man's incredible on that end. Um, so I, I think it's either between 80 and LeBron or it's, between LeBron and Dame is kind of where I'm falling on it because you're, I will start here. You're right about Butler being inconsistent, especially come this past playoffs. I think you saw it 
like even in that Celtic series, he started getting fatigued and he relied a lot on his role guys, a lot of his three point shooters just to carry. And it worked. And also Eric Bolster being his coach doesn't hurt at all either. Right. And I think you had the right order between Davis and James as much as it's going to hurt people to hear Anthony Davis has now become better than LeBron James. Um, it is not, and I'd say is more important to the Lakers than LeBron James is at this point in LeBron James's career. From a basketball yeah. standpoint, definitely not from like a cultural, whatever team leadership. Oh, good Obviously, Lord. No. All, all LeBron, right. but right. Um, from a, on yeah. the court. Yes. And then Dame is ridiculous. And he, and just had a great season this past year. Still uh, statistically wise. We saw him hit. We saw him go for over, what was it? 45. And when we were in, whenever we saw him in Chicago, so yeah, he still, he still has it. It's, it's not that we don't trust Dame to still have it. It's the, what can he do on a, what can he be put on a great team and see what he can do? So hopefully this heat deal does happen so we can see him and Butler pair together. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of leaning where Kawhi falls behind LeBron and between LeBron and Dame. And honestly on the Dame point, cause I, I think he is where he's going to be, but I want to say this on him too. I think him having his best year ever statistically and the team being as bad as they were is just such a weird thing for me. And like, I didn't, I didn't dislike their roster last year. I thought it was fairly talented. It wasn't very deep, but they're starting five. Um, and before Gary Payton was basically like out the entire year with this weird injury. Um, but like Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, Nurkic before he got hurt for the millionth time. Um, you had Shaden Sharp kind of show things last year. Um, they had Josh Hart right before he left. Um, yeah. I mean, they had they had players like, and they were just were not winning games. It was really bad. Maybe that's well, a constructed team. thing. What was that? I think it's just a poorly constructed team still. When because yeah, you don't have a defensive anchor at center. Nurkic is not that yeah, defensively. Yeah. They're really bad. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. Defensively, they have zero identity. You had Josh Hart, yeah, but it's not like Josh Hart can be one. Yeah, Grant. I Grant is lanky and long, and he moves quick. I just don't know if I can trust him. Trust him to stay strong enough with guys who really can score, like. Yeah. Congratulations! You you held Durant to thirty three points in a game. Proud of you. So I, I I if it's an accomplishment to hold star players to over thirty points, I I really am proud of you. It's the it's the Iguodala MVP effect, and I just will never get over that one to save my life. Um, <laughs> God, it's such a miserable award. Uh, or that was just a bad NBA Finals MVP. My point still being, yeah, I can't. You can't blame Dame for the roster construction when you have two guards that are under six four trying to be who are miserable at defense as you're starting guards so i think it's just poorly constructed roster yeah that's fair yeah i'll be a talented when drew yeah. eubanks is starting over half of your games he did he hit my end of that parlayer and we can't forget that he did have oh, his 10 points that. that game it was the the rosa not hitting 30 points that game that that ruined my <laughs> 200 dollars bet god anyways anyways uh what do you think about Kawhi? where do you think he goes so here's the thing we I think we've litigated his inconsistency fairly. Um, and you talked about past performance and sort of what I'm analyzing here in previous playoff spurts here, obviously with Toronto. Sure. I mean, you can't get any more carry your team than that. Uh, LA, he's had that multiple times when he's been in the playoffs. Obviously, Western Conference Finals. 
Um, but yeah, yeah but no, but he didn't, he wasn't even on that Western Conference te- right. finals team. That, it was yeah, Paul George. I was gonna say, yep, he yeah. got injured again uh, in in the semifinal, right? Uh, <laughs> and then losing, blowing a three-one lead in the semifinal to the Nuggets. Obviously, last year get bounced, but he only played two games. But when you look at the games played, LeBron and AD are pretty inconsistent. Also, I mean, oh, true. They were, I mean, it's not like they're like, which is why they're in this category. But that's why it's difficult for me because I think AD is just as capable um, as Kawhi right now as a player, but they're equally inconsistent when they're on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and even AD in the playoffs, like there was that joke of him going every other Davis for a long stretch there. Day to day Davis, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, he was not showing up in big moments too. So I just have an issue. I would be willing to put him behind Anthony Davis. Sure. Um, I probably would still keep him at, ahead of LeBron, just given the age factor. I mean, Kawhi still only is 32. Even if you're getting this version of Kawhi, you're getting it for what? Five, six more years. I don't know if we can say that for LeBron. So, um, I would have to say Kawhi slightly ahead there. Um, and fine. just like who LeBron is now, what we've seen last year in the playoffs, like he is not handling the ball anymore. He is not really initiating the offense as much. He was relying a lot on Austin Reeves, specifically Dennis Schroeder to initiate that offense. And he was playing off ball quite a bit or in the post. So he has really changed as a player in the past two years too. And um, I think, I think that's why I still think Kawhi is above him. Just his capability right now when he's on the court is higher. I think, and I think you're right. We saw that most in the playoffs. though. I think still during the regular season, it was LeBron James because it, it didn't require as much energy out of him to go out and win these games. I think you're right about the playoffs though. I think we saw LeBron be a little bit more hands off. So, but I will, uh, I'm just, I'm, happy we had Kawhi out of the second tier that's just that's just what still was gonna bother me to no end if he was still in that second tier so um well he's he's moved on the fly Mitch we that's what's why we're doing this so he has moved <laughs> down to the 14th slot um third in the second uh the third category the environmentalist so that's where Kawhi Leonard is going he's falling uh just a bit now so um that's we're, we're three three out of seven or eight categories i believe um so we're going to take a quick break i think that's a nice little upper echelon section here of the top 16 guys in the nba um we'll take a quick break and come back with some of the other groups here all right we're through 16 out of 50 um we're going to keep chugging along here the fourth group here it's called atmospherics. So again, guys who are kind of in the atmosphere of being a number one guy, not a hundred percent there with a bullet. They're kind of in this in between no man's land between being a number one, number two guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so leading this group, an unranked player last year, De'Aaron Fox, Wild. moving up 34 spots to the 17th spot. You look at his stats. They look pretty damn similar year over year. Um, the team, however, has been pretty atrocious, um, for a long time. He struck me as a very good stats, bad team guy, uh, second in the Tyrese Halliburton sweepstakes, you know, everybody's like, why didn't you trade Fox? So, you know, hindsight's 2020, but I want to remind everybody how everybody thought about him a couple years ago before this year. So sure. Darren Fox, so we are rewarding him now and who he is in this current roster at 17, Donovan Mitchell at 18, 
Trey Young at 19, Kyrie Irving rounding it out at number 20. Couldn't think of a better uh, person to be in finishing out that group than Kyrie Irving and Trey Young. Uh, so a small group, four people. Any thoughts, Mitch? Move Kyrie. Oh, God. Move Kyrie. It's it's it's. He's he is a, not, he's a better player than all of these other players listed below him. He's a better ball handle and all handle and all. I agree with you that he is a better offensive talent and ball handler than a few of these guys. Actually, all of these guys off ball handler are better than all these guys. He's one of the best handles in all the league. Can I can trust the guy at all? Can I trust it that the, the guys? Can, I mean, you want to talk about trusting guys? I'll be here for that. But and, and he's not the greatest of all defenders. Yeah, that's true. I just think his offense and what he can do on that end of the floor is maybe the most impressive outside of those top five guys than anybody in the league. Like he is the most offensively, one of the most offensively talented players ever. So it's just it's really hard for me to separate the talent and what he can be versus who he's been the last few years. Um, I mean, everybody wants to cite that shot in the finals when he was with the Cavs. That was a long time ago. Um, and he's but he did, you know, even though he had a bad ending in Boston, they were a pretty good team. Um, you know, Brooklyn was obviously a hot mess. I don't believe in this Dallas situation with Luca. But at the same time, I don't know, like he's as talented as he is and Lucas is talented as he is. Maybe they figure it out and we see a different version of Kyrie um, who's motivated by the slighted contract to all this other stuff. Who knows? I just think as how talented he is, it was just tough for me to put him behind the other guys uh, that we're going to get to. So I just think it's I totally get you on the consistency. I battled with it, too, but. Well, it, it's just, we we gotta we gotta stop looking at past performance. We 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 brought up the <laughs> that's one thing we've been we've done a lot now, and I think he is. If you want to bring up past performance, we can with him because I can't I can't decide whether or not he's going to be able to play five play five games in a row without saying without saying something or like have getting feeling some sort of way and then wanting to sit out. So, well, I don't it, think that's necessarily performance that's more so like who he is as a player now in a lot that's, in a lot of eyes and that's fair but, enough, just, but I, you also have is, to throw the projection i think still yeah and that's fair um i projecting his talent and what he's capable of sure like that's i would fair. say he's more capable of he's capable of greater things than anybody below him right now i would say uh so if okay. you put it in that lens his talent combined with a top five guy on this list, like offensively is the one of the best offenses in the league. So it it I, to me, it to me, it feels a lot of your turn, my turn with those two though. And yeah, totally. I don't like it, but no. uh, if they score, <laughs> I mean, talk about your turn, my turn, Katie oh, Booker in the playoffs last year, and they had one of the best offensive games ever uh, in game three. I think it was, or game four, one of the two, uh, in that second round against Denver. I mean, I think that formula, that's who Dallas would be, I think, at their peak. is like that level of offense probably getting to the second or third round. But they don't have the talent around them 
that's the issue. They don't they 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 also aren't two top ten players. At least yeah, Durant and that's Durant and Booker at least have that. And they at least had a and not that Durant even Booker had a great like core uh, people around him either. It was still better than the hodgepodge of random bullshit that Denver I mean Dallas is throwing out there. So I don't know. I think people knew their place in, in Phoenix and Dallas was still trying to figure out what the hell they were doing. And that's why they had a losing record once Kyrie got there. So. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's he's, he's just one of the hardest players for me to define with talent because like he has the talent of our number one guy, but he has the work ethic and approach of, I don't know. And like everybody loves him. Who's been teammates with him too. But then also people hate him it's like the weirdest <laughs> he's just such an odd player it's always like a he's literally a he's, yin and a yang all right he's a divisive one. he's a divisive player and it's it's like either you either it's not that everyone loves him it's either you love him or you hate him and it either and so it's yeah it's kind of finding that line well we can leave him there it's just that's yeah that's the one i would and it, it's not like i would move him super far down but i would I think I'd have him like two, like just two spots lower. But I, I don't, I don't, I truly don't think he's a number. Like, I don't think he can be defined as a number one guy anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, he's in no man's land. That's kind of why I put him here. Well, like, no, I get that. I think and I, I, I don't. I, think I don't think fits. he's t- as. I don't think he's in necessarily. I mean, he's going to be a number two, but. Yeah, like it's. So, I don't fair. know. It's weird. Uh, I I just think he's just way more talented than these other guys. And even though I like these other players more, uh, and I would rather have them on my team, I just think right now, put him in a vacuum, put him on the court, he's a better player. Um, and projection with Luca, the best case scenario of that's pretty good. I, I think it's much more likely we get a bad case scenario, but. Uh, we'll see. I'll keep it highlighted, but I'm not sure about moving that one. That was already difficult for me to figure out. That's fair. Uh, and but I will it. say, I'll stay. I'll start. But I'll say good things. Love that we've moved De'Aaron Fox, the the clutch player of the year, uh, up a little bit. So I love that. Yep. And um, you're right about Donovan Mitchell. I think him and his running mate uh, confuse me. It is back to that idea of your turn, my turn, but just and smaller and not as good of players. Um, and I'm not going to recite my thoughts on Trey Young. <laughs> and that's where I'll leave it. So that's 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 where I'll leave the balding man be. I'll leave him be. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah, Donovan our- with the playoffs was tough the last few years um, versus, right. you know, who kind of what we saw um, in early Utah mm-hmm. and in the bubble specifically. Yeah. So like, you know, what is he, I guess, uh, you know, he was really great in the regular season and Cleveland had an awesome season. As soon as he got there, I mean, they were in the playing game and now they're a four seed, like huge jump. He was yeah. really the only thing that changed on their roster. So, yeah, I, and I, I think, Cleveland has tried to make some moves around the one position they needed help with, which was their like forward positions. And I'm proud of them. Great job, boys. You're doing, you're, you're, you're looking out for yourself there. 
Yeah. I just, I, I just need them to figure their shit out because I, I want Cleveland to be good. And it would make me super happy to go watch a Cleveland Cavaliers game at some point this year, but um, to each their own. Um, yeah. They're frustrating. They're frustrating because they, they beat the Celtics and then they're also like, maybe, maybe we're not good. So I don't know. Um, you want to hit the next one? Let's do it. These guys are dwarf planets. These are really, really good number two guys on a championship team, but I just don't think they're really, you know, for either offensive or defensive reasons necessarily, you know, over the top, a number one guy. Um, the number two guy in the NBA on any team is Jamal Murray right now, specifically with Jokic, the best two man game, the best combo. I would rather I would rather take them than Katie and Booker. I'll say it now. Um, give me Murray really? and Jokic. You the Nuggets fan? <laughs> uh, he's he's got to be number one a- after after his comeback season. I had questions about who would be coming off of the injury. Uh, certainly struggled earlier in the year, but got things figured out toward the end of the regular season, and obviously was fantastic throughout the playoffs. Was the best player on the floor at certain times for the Denver. Um, certainly won them a few games in that Lakers series specifically. So uh, absolutely awesome performance from him. He deserves to be top of this list in my mind. Jalen Brown, uh, an All-NBA player this year. We'll see if he gets a max contract. Weird scenario there. He's number 22. Uh, 23 is Brandon Ingram. 24 is Paul George. We talked about that comparison on the last podcast. I'll, I'll save that. Um, Mikhail Bridges, huge season. Uh, in Brooklyn, I still am not confident, uh, that that's who he is, but, um, and that's why he's 25 instead of even higher. It'll be interesting discussion, Mitch, and get your thoughts on that. 26, Bam Adebayo, 27, DeMontis Sabonis moving up quite a bit as well. Obviously, great season for Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, very much deserved it. Third best center in the league right now, I would say, um, we well, have him as the fourth. You have him as fourth best center behind Bam. <laughs> fourth. Well, you have Embiid, Jokic, oh, and Bam, and <laughs> you literally have Bam right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and AD actually. So um, I guess you're right. So five. But either way, go on. I get what you're. He's a top five center for sure. All right. Sure. Well, he was third team All NBA, wasn't he? So. At least last oh, year. But at least we will take we'll take the fact that Bam and, and uh AD couldn't stay healthy. But anyways, move on. Yes, you're right. Uh all right, Savonis. Top five center. Um Jaron Jackson, another great big man moving out of one of my our favorite classes, but he deserved it. Uh really good season from him and what was a weird, weird season for Memphis. Darius Garland, you mentioned him. Donovan Mitchell's running mate coming in at twenty nine. Desmond Bain will be some center of controversy here once we finish out this list at number thirty. Um, he's the third Memphis Grizzly to be named. I think the first team with three players, right? Yeah, um, that was my that Memphis. was my thing from earlier. Clay Thompson, number thirty-one. Chris Middleton, one of the largest fallers on this list, moving down eleven spots from twenty-one. And James Harden, wrapping wrapping it up at thirty-three. Why did you make the dwarf planets the biggest freaking list of all this? Dear Lord, um. Yeah, I, also I just love think your... there are a lot of guys that fit into this and not the next one. That's fair. Like the next one's up... like young guys, which we're going to get to, and none of these guys really are that. Well, most of them. I, I was going to say, we still have two up here that I feel like could fall <laughs> into this list. 
Um, I love your 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 uh, your run of wings that you have there from twenty two to twenty five, from yeah. Jalen to Mike Mikel. Um, and I think I've come around in the Ingram George stance. I yes. Well, no, it's hold on. It's the flock is spreading. No, I'm not coming around to the fact that I think the Pelicans are going to be a top five team in the West. Just get over yourself on that. Cause I can't trust the fact that if Ingram or Zion can stay on the floor, we'll be great. Um, but I do think, you know, with Ingram's age compared to George's age, you got to like take that into effect. Um, I am glad that you still had Jalen Brown over all these fools. Um, and Jalen Brown is right now with the two K 24 crew right now. And it's been like the spokesperson for them. So he's 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 too focused on his trip in Europe right now. So I'm not blaming him for that. <laughs> it's in all words getting done. Um, I am proud of you for getting over your uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. hate um, and moving him up this it list. Really happened, yeah. I know I'm proud of you and our boy Demontis Sabonis. I think he might be one of if he might be my favorite center in this. Like I love Jokic, but like just my personal favorite center might be Demontis Sabonis. I think I love that man. And he's going to be a keeper for my fantasy team for mm. ever. And so little sneak peek for anyone who is in our fantasy uh, basketball league. Um, there are three people in this list that I do not, I, I would move and two of them would just move back a section and they'd be the top of the section It'd be Garland and Bain. They just move back. Just move back. Mm. Just taper it off a little bit. Taper it off a little bit. And then I don't think Clay Thompson deserves to be in this in this section anymore. I think he belongs yeah. in our favorite section. And I think he belongs there. <laughs> and I think I think he and the person at number 41 can kind of tie for that that role right now. But I think that's he doesn't do, I think he just doesn't belong there anymore. Um you had to you're, move up a spot. You had to move up a spot. I'm you're so reading confused. my mind, dude. I literally had him in in that category, two spot, two categories below. And I was just, I was stewing more about it. I looked back at the stats. I closed an open basketball reference. And I was like, honestly, this is conflicting with my eye test, but the stats are telling me he was pretty much the same player as he was in his prime. Like, but it's it's defense. It's not the same. His defense, the is defense not is not there. The shot creation. I was like, was the shot creation really ever there? But it certainly wasn't here this year. Right. Um, but like his shooting and who he is as that person as the perfect right hand man for Steph was there. Now sure. he wasn't always super consistent, but I I would say that was kind of just it's Clay Thompson. I don't know. Night to night, shooters are gonna hit shots or they're not. So I I think he was kind of still that person. The deep. Defense is the big one for sure. Um, I just he was don't known know as if... the best, one of the best three and D players in the league, and he doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so I, I would, I would vote to move him down a fair amount. Yeah, I just, I, I, I think we, I think the argument can be made made for Garland and Bain because. I, I love Desmond Bain. Thank you for being picked 30th by the Celtics. Oh, wait, no, you got traded from the Celtics to the Grizzlies on draft night. That would have been just really nice to have. Thank you, Danny Ainge, for your stupidity. You chose not the point. Anyways, I, I would I think they kind of fit into that next section as well. Um mm. I think I think 
I don't think they, I think, how do I put this? Bain has done it one year where he's been the really good number two guy. He did it last year too. Jaw handed him his most improved trophy. That's what I meant. Like he did it last year. Oh, well, he was, he was even better this year. I mean, he scored three more points per game. He averaged more minutes. Um, Jaw was in and out of the lineup. He became more of a distributor. I mean, I was, really was... Impressed. he was their only consistent shooter on the floor in that Lakers series. Like he was holding them afloat at certain times. I'm really impressed with, I mean, I think Memphis really has two number two guys. That, that was going to be kind of my point here is I think Desmond Bain is that good. Um, I think he's better than Chris Middleton, Clay Thompson, James Harden, those three guys I had now. Now, I probably agree with you on moving Clay down, but still, I think Desmond, Desmond Bain is just God. He's, I mean, it wasn't a fluke year. He's backed it up and he even improved himself. So, any, it's a short arms, man. Playoffs. It's that short, it's the short wings, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'll weird. live with the, I'll live with the bang, but bang. I'll live with the uh, Desmond. <laughs> But I think Thompson needs to fall. Yeah, and Garland is a tr- tricky one. But again, like when Mitchell right. was off in the Knicks series, like Garland was their best player. I mean, he was awesome. And it's just there. I think that says more about what they need to figure out than who those two players are. So I don't right. I think that's kind of Mitchell coming in and he had such a great year. He's not necessarily always the most, you know. Pass friendly guy. Um, I think it was difficult. They didn't run the offense through Garland, have him initiated as much. I think that's a coaching thing rather than Garland. So I think that'll get figured out more in year two. Hopefully we'll get a better picture. Um, so I, I'm i still pretty solid on Darius Garland compared to I had him last year, but I'm with you on Thompson. I think he probably drops to two categories here. That's where I had him initially. And I was like, man, I'm just like, and- how can I, how can I dis disconnect him from Desmond Bain and Chris Middleton. Like that just it seems like who we should be with, but am I, mi- am I missing something too, or should Chris fall? So here's my thing on everybody is super down on Chris Middleton right now. And I think he actually wasn't bad in the Miami series. I think even when Giannis was back, like he was their most consistently aggressive. He scored a decent amount in those games toward the end of the season, he finally started to get his legs back. I mean, he was hurt all year. Like, I think it's just unfair to judge who he was this past year. That's not who he's been. Okay. He's been a workhorse for them. Um, I mean, he was coming off a of finals year and then the Olympics and then a full season of basketball again. And then he got hurt, right? So it's just been a brutal stretch for him. I mean, you could say the same thing for Drew. Um, but typically, Chris has a bigger offensive workload. So, uh I'm not ready to give up on Chris Middleton yet. I mean, he still fell 11 spots. Yeah. More of a nature of the guys who passed him than him falling, in my opinion, still. Sure. I think he okay. still really is defined as this number two guy for Giannis. Okay. Sounds good. But yeah, I'm okay. with you. I'm with you on Clay. All right. Well, let's let's just highlight him right now, and then we'll come back to him whenever we get to our uh, – we'll come back to him later. Um, let's hit this young group of guys here. Yeah, this is this was one of my favorite groups to take care of. Um, the evolutionists. So these are again evolving, right? These are guys who are evolving. Not quite a lock to be a franchise changing player, as I would see a young guy like an SGA, like an Anthony Edwards. These guys are just a tier below that. Um, 
in terms of, you know, I could see them as being the star of their franchise, the number one guy, but I think there still needs to be more there. Playoff success, playoff experience, what have you, just the right pieces around them to figure out how they work. Top of this list, one of my favorite players in the NBA. I wish I could put him higher than this, but he just made a lot of sense here is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Moved up three spots since last year. I think I was on record last podcast saying the Pacers are going to be great. I I think he's obviously the reason why they're he's number 34 here. 35 is Jalen Brunson unranked last year after the weird season with Dallas. I thought it was a bit premature to put him in the top 50 here uh, when, you know, the weird Lucas situation where he played great, but it wasn't super consistent year over year. We've seen it in New York. He's the guy. Uh, He moved up into the rankings here at 35. Zion at 36 fell 17 spots. Um, Obviously, we can get into why. 37. We mentioned it. The only rookie on this list from last year, Paulo Boncaro, coming in, moving up 14 spots from being unranked. LaMelo Ball remaining unchanged at 38. Basically not playing all year. um, So kind of a wash. Cade Cunningham also sat out most of the year with an injury. He ended up dropping 19 spots. I think, you know, coming to reality there for me on Cade Cunningham on how how high I was on him. Um, but I think, you know, I'm still excited to talk about his projections here. I think he's going to be really good. And then Scotty Barnes. I think a lot of people are kind of disappointed by him um, and his lack of growth in year two. So he rounds out this class at number 40. What are your thoughts, Mitch, on these seven guys? Aaron, can we make a class between this class and the next class for two players and two players only? Ooh, um, it, so it, I, it, I, yes. I, I don't know what we call it yet, but the the uh, the the first thing I want to call is the broken Bambies is my <laughs> my 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 original thought, and it and it serves two people, and it's Zion and Lamella Ball. I don't want I, I don't want guys who can't play basketball. They're both very talented and very good at the sport when they play. But if Lamella Ball would play more than God, it it comes back to injuries for me. That's the issue with a lot of these lists is just like, can you stay healthy? And like those two guys can't at all. Well I, I mean Lamello played seventy five games the year before. But he hasn't but and, the other two seasons he I mean he played like fifty two and then like thirty six last year yeah so he played 36 and yeah 51 his first year they were in the playing game the two years he played a lot obviously this year i thought they were going to be really bad they were and he was out so that didn't help things so really i mean he had an injury i think it was a hand injury in his first year that was pretty significant something like that um so i mean two out of three he years broke his ankle been, like twice this hurt. year he had yeah. like high ankle sprains this past year twice not great Zion, I think, has been a little bit more egregious than that. I just think that the winning basketball when Zion's been on the floor versus LaMelo, that's that's just such a clear difference for me. Like, I'll say it again. The Pelicans were the number one seed in the Western Conference when Zion was healthy early in the season um, after a few months. So I couldn't say the same for LaMelo. I mean, they were getting creamed in the playing game both years. uh, He was healthy. So just a, a lot of things other than just being hurt all the time. Uh, that I have issues with Lamelo. Sure, that's fair. But I, I, I like the ba- idea. I I, I, I do want, like I want the, the broken, broken babies. I want the broken babies, and maybe we throw in Kate Cunningham too while we're at it too, because uh, he can't stay healthy either. 
Well, he's only been in the league for two. I mean, he had a healthy, fine year, and then he was hurt this year. But yeah, I I, I, I just, just think Zion is a class above both of those guys. So I just wouldn't want him to group group him together with them. Um, they're both. I mean, it's two number one picks and uh, a guy who is almost considered to go number one pick. Yeah, but and you talk about I, work ethic. Can we? Well, I mean, do we know if Zion has one? Yeah, I feel the most confident about Cade in that category. Um, right, that's that's my thing there because I don't know if Zion has a work ethic. And he talked. I know he was on a pod or he was on like some had some interview this past week when he talked about like you know his diet and how he had like if you when you got all that money you just want to eat everything. I'm like the Gilbert Arena show or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can we uh, not engulf the entire McDonald's uh, franchise while you're at it? Um, so I don't know. It just it's just like. I don't know. If you're that star player and you want to be that good, I feel like you got to want to work on yourself to be that good. Yeah, I I'm still holding out hope. I mean, he fell 17 spots for me, so it's not like I'm ignoring oh, all no, the stuff that. that has been happening and who he was this past year. Again, a disappointing season. Um, I'm not ready to completely bail on him. And I think the upside when he's been on the floor is so much more clear, clearly uh, impactful than the other two guys we were comparing him to. And I don't think because of the consistency and also because of the other two guys, Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Halliburton, both have been really consistently active players. I like who they are as individuals and team-centric players, motivated all the time, make their teammates better, um, have showed up when they've basically said, here's your team. And they've made that team a lot better and more exciting. Right. That's why they're ahead of Zion. But Zion at his peak is better than both of them. It's just if he's a matter of staying on the court and as he's motivated. So again, trying to account for the potential rise here. I mean, if Zion's on the floor again, I think he could move up ahead of a lot of these guys. So that's it's, fair. Um, it's tough. Here's my, here's my uh, fun stat for you, Aaron. And I think I don't know if you if I brought it up in Wisconsin or not. Who do you think has played more basketball games uh, since starting their careers? Markel Fultz or Zion Williamson? Well, how many years has Mark- Markel Fultz been in the league compared to uh, Zion? I think, he, I think he was only in the league two more years. Okay. Uh, well, probably, probably Fultz. Zion Williamson's played just one more game than Markel Fultz. I think it's like a – let me double check this because I want to make sure I have this right. But, like, I can't – uh, of course, everything on basketball reference is not loading. Hold on, Zion has played a total of 114 games, and if I remember correctly, I think Markel Fultz has only played 113. Wow. Uh, wait, hold on, bitch. The, whoever came up with that graphic was stupid. That's not even real. Okay, don't ignore me. Real-time fact-checking. 191 games for Mark Fultz, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm seeing that too. All right, so hold on. Let me me double-check this. Was it the first three seasons? That could be the case because he played – I mean, Mark played 35 games his first two years. Uh, 33 games his first two years. Yeah. And then he played 72. I don't care. I was so – happy to share that stat and i fucking hate the people who made that graphic damn you people all right anyways back to this list um whatever i'm happy that we can decide that there is should be a broken bambi's club next year 
Yeah. Well, if if there's another year of injuries, I think they warrant it. But I think this might just be young guys who got unlucky. So we'll see. Um, that's why you call them broken bambies because they're young guys. That's fair. That's Anyways. fair. I'm. I'm. Well, still the st- they're still the star of the movie, but they're broken and they're young. It's not a bad name. I'll make. I'll make a comment. I'll make a comment. It would go along with our next category, which is the three-legged br- black bears. <laughs> Possibly the greatest category name of all time. Nothing to do uh, with space. Mitch, yeah, nothing to do with space. I think you had a, a nice definition for it last year. Um, do you want to share how, how you perceive well, this class? Well, this is the team that this is the, the team. This is the group of guys who they're gonna be your great third option. They're your I think Aaron talked about it, they're overqualified third option, almost on the verge of like your second option. Like like Drew Holiday was on that uh, that uh, Milwaukee uh, team when they won the title, they do three things so well, <laughs> and then there's the fourth thing that they can't get out of their ass that they can't be good about. So, like, what was it last year? It was um, Demonte Sabonis, great playmaker, great scorer, and I would love him to be my leader. But God forbid if he could just like guard the rim with any sort of hope and abandon. But he mm-hmm. he started doing that well this year. Jaron Jackson was also in this club last year, and, and Jaron Jackson was – he had the ability to block every shot that was at him, and you could trust him to start scoring, especially as the season went on two years ago. They was even better at it. But if he could get only out of his own way to stop hacking at a guy's arm, he could have eight blocks a game and be putting up Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain numbers. The guy – and so we kind of fit this list around that. And that's where Jaron, Jared Allen and Jonas Valanciunas fell in, into. So I wonder which guys from this list yes. are going to fall into that list. Yes, that's right. And we had a list previously, a category um, that was for two guys, sort of similar to how Mitch was describing the broken Bambies. But it was this group with Drew Holiday and Chris Paul. Chris Paul, spoiler, has been out of fallen out of the top 50. Um, so I've sort of moved Drew Holiday, who's at the top of the three-legged back Black Bears into this class. So he leads it off at 41. 42 is Pascal Siakam. 43, Bradley Beal. Carl Anthony Towns at 44. DeJounte Murray at 45. The Bulls teammates, DeMar DeRozan at 46 and Levine at 47. And rounding it out, moving into the top 50, Terrence Maxey at number 48. The last three-legged Black Bear. Mitch, do all these guys fit your description? I think they do. Siakam would be the one guy I would say maybe throw into like the number two section, but mm-hmm. he, he can't. But and he care. I mean, he was the only guy who him and Van Vliet were, and Van Vliet was hucking up th- like thirty shots a game last year. Yeah, but I just in, think the Raptors are a weird team. They might just not have anybody. They're as poorly constructed. But Siakam has had a good last two years for sure. Right. Well, we almost you almost didn't throw him on your NBA third team last year, and then you're like, oh wait, hold the hold the phone. Um, no, it was the no, it wasn't that. It was the top ten power forwards. Oh, that was what it was. That was <laughs> that was miserable. Um, He's just a guy you forget about sometimes, and that's all right. That hurts to hear. Um, <laughs> I love that Cat and Beal are on this list. Damn it! It yeah. hurts that it hurts that Murray is this far low, but because I love him and I want only for the best for him. Me too. And 
I'm glad to know that we've gotten, I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, the DeRozan hype train has fallen, fallen down a little bit, and that's okay. He had a great yep. one year, this first year in Chicago. Um, him and Levine, definitely, you know, you see age being a factor, but also Levine's IQ being an issue. Um, I think these all fit the description of the three-legged black bear. Yeah, DeRozan was the one who fell the most out of this, and it was also the toughest one for me to swallow. Um, yeah. I mean, a very big drop from who he was two years ago when the Bulls were the best team in the Eastern Conference for a long stretch of time. Just didn't have – I mean, he still played a ton of basketball and still played at a really high level. He just wasn't um, – I mean, his scoring was just simply down. So it just he didn't have as many magical performances, wasn't the same effect. Um never improved really his three ball at all. In fact, it worsened. That was one thing I was looking to for him to do. doesn't seem like he's going to adopt that as he gets older, which concerns me. Um, so that's why he fell a bunch. I want to mention Tyrese Maxey since he's a new guy. Well, I was so excited. I was so excited to put him on this list. I mean, at times he was, we talked about it, overqualified threes. At times he was their second best player behind Embiid. Um, was awesome in that net series for sure in the first round awesome all regular season just a complete spark plug it was like just gave them something completely different from the james harden Embiid slow half court offense just changes pace improved his three ball a ton ramped up his scoring active on the defensive end i just i love his game he's such an exciting player i don't think he's as uh doesn't have the same ceiling as the guys in the previous class in the evolutionist group so I think I was right to keep him here. Do you agree with that? And do you have any other takes on Maxi? I would have almost just thrown him at the back and just thrown him in fifty. I don't I don't know if he belongs. This is like the one guy I, I worry about the three legged black bear. I think you could have said best non three legged black bear third option. But like I think he could have been just sitting at number fifty by himself. He could have had a category of his own. Because I think I think he has the IQ and he has the scoring. He's missing the third leg. And I, I don't know what the throw of the third leg at him is because it ain't defense. The man couldn't, the man no. does not pass the Quinn Cook test. The man does not have a passing grade in the Quinn Cook test. He's got active hands and passing lanes. I mean, he's, he's, Nets he's had a chance. Nets had a chance to win inbounding. He, I think he had the steal. Um, it wasn't I mean, Melton. he's, uh, you might be right. It might have been Melton. But anyways, Maxi multiple times, I mean, just has awesome steals. I mean, he's not the best, as you said, stay in front of a guy. He's not super strong or anything like that, but he's active. Um, sure. I just think the pace thing maybe could be his third. I mean, he's one of the fastest there we players are. in the sure. NBA. I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So, but yeah, the defense is is definitely a thing. Um, Which is not what just, can he play? Can have. he play at a slower pace also? <laughs> yeah, the man is, it is. It is 100 the entire time. It is he, he is the definition of I'm going to hold the sprint button down in 2K the entire time. Yeah, my thing with him is just the potential ceiling, like how he could grow. I mean, he's 22. The next two guys we're going to round out the top 50 with are much older. So I just think, again, projected rise here, Tyrus Maxey, potential to grow. Um, if you don't have any other comments on that, let's just finish this thing up with yeah. 49 and 50. A group called Earth's Defenders, <laughs> as you can tell, great defenders. 
who are a value add to a team with leadership and skill elsewhere. Aaron Gordon, number 49, unranked last year. Um, so happy to put him on this list. He deserved it. Has a little bit more than just defense, as we saw at times throughout the playoffs. Um, but his best quality, in essence, is kind of that glue guy who can be in the dunker spot, be an athletic rebounder and scorer, um, but also lock down your best player, or at least very much slow him down and compete with him. Uh, I yep. mean, he guarded LeBron, he guarded KD, he guarded Booker at times, he guarded Anthony Edwards and Cat. I mean, he uh, Jimmy Butler, he guarded every single number one guy, number two guy you could imagine. So he was really pivotal, obviously, that the Nuggets winning the championship. In 50 is Draymond Green. I just think at this point, he's just, I mean, his, even though he might have tanked their season with Jordan Poole, and that offseason altercation, <laughs> um, it, he is still a really high-level defender and a really high-level distributor. Um, that's it. So he doesn't get you the three-leg test, but he deserves to be in the top 50 just for that. I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA still, off-ball especially. Um, mm-hmm. IQ-wise, he's great. I'm excited to see him without Jordan Poole in the building. We'll see if he's a better player in that sense. Um, yeah, I just think he deserves to be in this top 50. So. He is. Let me double check this because I want to make sure I'm right about this. Um, he might be the best player. Gosh, I want to be right. I want to be right. I want to be right. I'm right. He might be the best player not to average over double digits a game. Yeah. He might be the most. Let me rephrase that. He might be the most important player to like a team such as like the Warriors. He fits that category of like he's more important to them than he is to anyone else. And that's what kind of Aaron Gordon yeah. is fit that mantra too. Um yeah. are we gonna also just keep keep putting Nuggets players at the top of every uh, category or uh, what are we doing here? Um because every category that a Nuggets player is in, they seem to be at the top of the category. So I think it makes sense in all cases. Okay. I'm kidding. I, I'm just giving you crap. No, I <laughs> I think I think it should be Draymond and God, you have a slight boner for Aaron Gordon too. Um, but no, I think Aaron, I think it, because it, <laughs> I'm looking at your honorable mentions list and like, I want to put two guys ahead of Gordon, but Gordon was on a championship team. Congrats. Yeah. But I, I, I think, I think Gordon's a better personally, even a better player than all those guys, but I think they deserve to be listed before we do that though. Quick. I forgot. We didn't go back to clay. Oh Where does yeah. Clay, where does Clay lie in the three like a black bears? Where 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 should he be? Between Siakam and Beal. So ahead of Beal. Ahead of Beal. Wow. He's better. He's a better option. I tr- I I can trust. I feel like I trust Thompson more than I trust Beal. I was gonna put him behind Beal just because of the shot creation. Like it's just not there for Clay anymore. He but Clay at least has it. a as I I. Clay has a confidence that I love, and Beal has an as a stupid confidence that congratulations you averaged thirty points a game twice on a shitty team. Clay Thompson could have done that on the Wizards too. I feel like if he had the opportunity, maybe. So, and Bradley Beal's apparently going to start out point this year, so we'll see about him <sighs> as a distributor. Which is, I just hate that for them. Look at my face. Uh, I look like that. I look like some sort of morphed mummy from a really bad movie would you be mad if i put him behind bradley beal 
wouldn't be pissed. I'd be slightly peeved. No, I'm, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I'm putting him behind. Um, okay, so, yeah, I'm at so he's now at 43, falling 11 places since last year. Sounds good to me. All right. That, that's the top 50. Just a quick honorable mentions run through, Mitch. Um, Christoph Porzingis, Josh Giddy, Miles Turner, Evan Mobley, who was in the list last year. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, Franz Wagner, Jeremy Grant, Brooke Lopez, Walker Kessler, Rudy Gobert. Lots of bigs. Um, lots of bigs Walker, in this Walker Kessler making your top 60 is just animalistic in my head. Dude, I'm so excited <laughs> about Walker Why is Kessler. Julius Randle not brought up in any of this list? I can't stand Julius Randle. I don't care. Julius Randle also was an all-pro. Think, He's an all-NBA player. I think he's such uh, I I could get into a diatribe about Julius Randle, but that's for another time. That's fine. I just think he he, he would be a perfect description of a three-legged black bear. You're you're right. He is the description <laughs> of a three-legged black bear. You're right. I just don't think he's that good. I that that's what we're here for, Aaron. You you that's your opinion. That is not my opinion, though. Yeah, I just I just don't think he's that good. I mean, okay, thanks for was... repeating yourself twice now. <laughs> He's just so. Uh, he's you so can, hit or miss. Be, in the well, biggest... and so are half the guys in the three-legged black bear. <laughs> yeah, I mean his regular season stats are really great. Uh, last year and two and three years ago, because um, we're playing off had, last year. He had really great seasons, but I'm just saying. Uh, the man that we averaged case, a double double last year. He was an all NBA. Okay, when he just has the ball and he's dribbling and he eats up 17 seconds of the shot clock, I so hit does, his shot so half like 80% t- of the time. I think he takes a bad shot almost every time. And, and it goes in 46% of the time. He I'm telling you, dude, I I'm not a Julius Randle guy. I I will not buy it. I will not buy that stock. He will not make it into the top 50. That's just a terrible take, and I that will be that's okay. That's just that's when personal opinions coming over, just over like actual like things, right there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll okay. See. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not in the right mind space to debate Julius Randall. I was not prepared to discuss Julius Randall. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, uh, any final thoughts would... on this list? Uh. Yeah, the only one would have been like Wiggins or not Wiggins, uh, Mobley somehow cracking this fifty. Um, because where'd you have him last year? I mean, you had him, you had a number thirty six, and he dropped all the way out. I mean, just yeah, that's just wild. So I don't know. I think there's, I think there's this. I I think he could have maybe fit in that Earth Defenders thing, and he might have had to move Maxi out of the top fifty. Which I wouldn't yeah. have hated, but I, I think because I just don't know who he is offensively. I was a, I was I wanted to see a single sign of improvement offensively. I don't I don't think he got better at all um, offensively. I mean, he's always been a great defender. That's who he is. But uh, it's not like he's creating shots really for others. I mean, he's an okay passer at his size for sure. Um, but with Donovan and Garland having the ball in their hands all the time, like it's not his responsibility. And he just has not proven to develop a jump shot yet. I I need need to see that. 
Um, I mean, the same could be said for Draymond Green. I just think the distribution aspect of him and the leadership um, obviously put him above in that sense. So I, I would I would think he would have to be in that last category at number 50. Yeah. I just think Max, he's a more talented player right now. He's he's a better player right now. Mobley has great potential for sure. Yeah, I just think there's it's the opposite of the two of them. I think you can't see there's not a lot of Maxi's defense that you can see, but and it's Moby's offense that we're looking for. So um Yeah, that's fair. I, so that's my only debate on it. But yeah, other than that, it's it's good and you're and that and the Julius Randall side of things, but you know, we'll uh we'll live to fight another day on that one. I'll bring Carl Baltimore on and have him try to uh, the one of the best biggest Julius Randall lovers and have him debate you on that. I just really don't get the Julius Randall love, man. It's... I don't love him. I still, I just, I still respect the fact that the guy can average twenty five and ten. Okay, but it's just empty. It sometimes it's just empty stats. Aaron, they were a number six seed in the Eastern Conference. Jalen Brunson They're... was their best player by far. Not even sure. close. And That's RJ fine, Barrett Aaron. had had some gaps, uh, jumps. Mitchell Robinson was great for them. I just don't think at the end of the day, Julius Randle's moving the needle for them at all. Like he, what he does for them is fine. He was our uh, second best scorer. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. I, what do you mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't stand his possessions. I think he has the worst shot selection of any pretty good player in the NBA. Uh, anybody we've talked about today, for sure. Awful shot selection. Um, his passing is very overrated. His defense is very overrated. Um, I don't know. I'm not about it. Not about it. Again, Diana Hill, it's whatever. It is your list. Um, <laughs> perfect. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with a little... Uh, quick brews and reviews to wrap this whole thing up. We are back with a little brews and reviews. Now we're going to be reviewing anything, just catching up. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the pod and we talked about last pod that we were with each other in Wisconsin for a college buddy of ours wedding close friend of ours where Aaron and I double ushered it um, where we were the two ushers who ran that whole entire show. We greeted people with such, such lovely times. It was a great time. And we stood the entire time and sweat our, sweat our tails. Yes, off, we did. So it's 100 um, degrees, no AC. Lovely times that it was a beautiful church, but Lord, was it still hot in there? <laughs> Congratulations to Nate and Hallie. We mentioned it. Uh, that we saw each that was the last time we saw each other in person on the last podcast. But we forgot to mention that. Congratulations to Nate and Hallie. Awesome wedding. Excited to celebrate you guys. That was that was good. Um I know they're they're having fun in Costa Rica. Um Did they right get back now, today? I'm not sure when they get back. But uh yeah. we, we were making the joke because I, I was in Hilton Head on the last episode. I was there for a week. I left like right after the wedding. And we were always making the joke that we were going on honeymoon together and they were going to meet us in Hilton Head. They're just going on Jeez. honeymoon in Hilton Head. So um, nice. we had that running joke in the background, but it was a really fun wedding. Uh, good to see everybody, of course. Um, we had one we casualty. Got, we did have one casualty. Yes. One broken uh, ankle. 
we'll yeah, let that... the we'll let the name we'll let the name sit there and not touch it. <laughs> but um, we had yeah, a puke one, in the one... hallway. You had you had all that you needed uh, from a nice. God, we did have a puke Wisconsin in the hallway, and it wasn't you. Let's be honest, though. Let's be let's be proud that it wasn't you. I did good. <laughs> well, yeah, I held up. You, you did you did do good for, and I'm proud of you. You were not doing well until like the last hour of the night. I feel yeah. like you were you you were you were a top ten drunkest I've ever seen you. <laughs> oh God, really? Uh, it was up there. You were just standing there, and I couldn't tell what was going on with your face. <laughs> well, it was one of those things where we got three drink tickets from uh, for being ushers and a member of the bridal and groom party. Or what do you call it? Yeah, just the the wedding party. A wedding party. There we go. Um, bridal party is not us. The bridal party is the women. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I snuck in the groom at the end. Um, and so with one of those string tickets, I gave one to Madison, of course, because I'm a friendly boyfriend. I took Proud one for myself because Rob wanted a whiskey with me or a Manhattan. And then the third one, I was like trying to figure out what I wanted. And I said, oh, all right, just give me a, give me a Woodford Reserve neat. The man just empties the bottle into my cup. So it's just like, it was like literally a full glass of Woodford Reserve. And I was loving life. I went up to the first person I saw was your brother. And I was like, guess what this is? And uh, <laughs> that's that's definitely what put me over the top. Uh, that drink, I, I was, yeah. But then I quickly switched was, to water and I was good. <laughs> it wasn't a Dr. McGillicuddy's that we had on the party bus. I had some of that too. Yeah. That wasn't terrible. I, honestly, I was feeling okay. It was just that last whiskey, I think, was uh put, put me in put me in that state for about a half hour. But I got out of it pretty quick. Um the hallway puker, on the other hand, was like sober until the last hour, and then it was all downhill. Yeah, it was <laughs> you very, two switched positions so quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. Was, the all the girlfriends had no idea that she uh she was ready to hack. Yeah. The the broken leg, the broken ankle was something interesting too. It was like out of nowhere. It was just because then... all the all the spilt drinks on the ground throughout the night. You can't blame her. Um, yeah, but she was... was all uh, talk uh, talk about the drunkest of everyone there. She was she was up there with the brothers uh, with Hallie's brothers. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. When they were sitting at the table, they were doing the microphone game, and they're putting they were doing like the imaginary microphone to do uh, on a scale of one to ten, and she was a seven uh, when the salad had just come out. Am I the only one that um gets grossed out by people taking off their shoes, specifically women, and barefooting around the stickiest, grossest dance floor of all time? If it if it's a spilt dance floor, absolutely. This past weekend, when I was at wedding number two of the month, there wasn't as much spillage on the ground, um, and there was a bunch of girls who just took their shoes off. So I was like, eh, whatever. I think for us, it's fine. We don't even have to worry about the foot fungus. We're wearing shoes. We're fine. Yeah, just gross. I don't like the secondhand visualization. <laughs> I, I just can't take it. God forbid. But it's like seeing were, somebody we, like clip their toenails in a common area. Like just tighten it up. Well, we went from Big Ten country to SEC country uh to after that. We were you were in you were in South Carolina and I was in Arkansas, which God forbid, I never want to. I, if I don't have to make a trip back, I, I don't want to because it means I have to drive through Branson and Springfield and I'm good. I'm good not having to drive past the biggest candy store of all time and God <laughs> in middle of nowhere, Southwest Missouri. That was that was ridiculous. And guess and, and her mom bought stuff, and I was just like, what are we doing here? 
Was that in Branson? No, it was just outside of Branson. It's it's like a, it's actually outside of Springfield, but it's like by Fort Leonard Wood. But it's like the biggest toy store, not toy store, like gift shop right next to this gas station. Which in the gas station, like the shop that is there, it's the, like this fudge chocolate candy store. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what sign you're talking about too. It looks, yeah, it's a massive red <laughs> sign, and it's not. But like I needed gas and I'm like, I have to get off here or else I'm waiting 10 miles and I can't wait 10 miles. And I'm like, great. So we had to get off. And yeah, those signs are pretty egregious. It's like the weird, creepy boy who looks like Pinocchio. But it's not Pinocchio. Yeah, that 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 does upset me. But we have yet another wedding, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after for our other roommate, Colin. Uh, so that'll be exciting. You're making a nice road trip again. You're just the driving man all over the place. Well, we fly this weekend to Austin, thank God. But then, uh, yeah, it'll be because we're going from Nash, we're going from St. Louis to Nashville, and then Nashville to Richmond. And then the day after the wedding, we were driving to full Richmond to St. Louis, thirteen hours. Which I'm, wow. I might, yeah, the day after, oof, day after. So guess who's not drinking? No, well, it's a good thing we're not. It's a dry weather. That's true. Well, it's a dry weather. Well, in case we'll, you we'll need it, the... I mean, you have Sunday. I guess you got to be back for work on Monday, don't you? There's this thing called work on Monday, and it's the last day of the month, and your boy has to be like there for that, unfortunately. And well, PTO could... is still a thing that I do not have. <laughs> yeah, and at a certain point, it's like, why would I only drive nine hours? You know, and it, like. If I need to, I will stop. We will stop again in Nashville, but I don't think we'll we'll need to make that. Yeah, then you got got to get up super early on Monday, anyways. So, yeah, it'll be uh, the reroute will not be happening, so I don't need to worry about that. Um, That'll be tough. Yeah, but we're back in our home spaces for a little bit here. I guess these next few podcasts will just be in our home spaces. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for listening. Do you have anything else you want to hit on? No, I'm glad we don't have to talk about Jilly's Randall anymore because I just don't want to see that rift come between our friendship again. I don't think it's a rift, Aaron. I just think you, you never mind. We don't need to go through this again. <laughs> we don't need to go through this exercise of personal opinion and then just actual basketball. Um, I, I'll say this went and saw the new Mission Impossible movie. I know you're not a big, as big of a Mission Impossible guy as I am, but I fucking loved it. It was fantastic. Um, Might have been my favorite one of all of them. And I will say this, it might have been the best action movie I've seen. I was wow. not I I'm I'm not kidding. It was I was stressed the entire two hours and forty minutes of this movie. It was nice. In, it was insane. So that'd be the last thing I say. That's my review. I gave it like a nine four, nine three. It was it was that good. Um but thank you guys for listening. Um have a great rest of your week. Uh we'll catch up with you after my trip to Austin. Again, Mitchell's trips across America in the month of July continue. Um, go so Celtics. Specific. I know, dude. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't Mitchell's trip across the Midwest in December, which was what it was last yeah. December. So, but I was driving. God, that was such a miserable I, time, too. Yeah, I, I, I just love the in July part of that. It's like if, if you needed any other, you know, clarification. <laughs> Either way. It is, um, it is but, July is just the craziest month ever. It's the weirdest thing. For both of us, yeah. Um, go
go Celtics, go Nuggets. I'm not listing the other 14 teams that we need to to complete this list. Uh, have a great rest of your week, guys. Have a good one.